gentlemen. We have a special treat for you today. We have the one, the only. Welcome to the State Lions Network. Hey friends, welcome to episode 17 of the Boldly Going Podcast. I am your host, Jason Sowell, and we've got a couple of great people on the podcast today for episode 17. Uh, You know, we talk about uh, this podcast, kind of the tagline of it being creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe right here on planet Earth. And today we have two of those people, two of my favorite people, Brian Schaefer and Michelle LaFleur-Box. Brian Schaefer, 20 plus years ago, uh, started the skate park of Tampa, and it's got a storied history here within the Tampa area and really around the world and what he's been doing for skate culture in those, uh, in those past 20-plus years. And a few years ago, he started an organization within a spot skate park of Tampa uh, called Boards for Bros., and brought on Michelle to run Boards for Bros. And so she is the she is the face, she's the brains of what is known as Boards for Bros, which uh, their tagline is giving the gift of skateboarding uh, to kids. And so their, uh, their goal is to uh, help kids in lower-income areas uh, with the gift of skateboarding. And we talk about how that is beneficial, how that's helpful, uh, what that is doing for kids. And Brian said it himself, and this is the title of the episode, uh, Skateboarding saves lives. And at one point he, in the episode, he says that, and then also follows it up with skateboarding saved my life, talking about his own story. And uh, it's really interesting, really great to hear about what they're doing to help save lives through skateboarding and uh, just creating a place in the Tampa Bay area and trying to spread this culture around uh, the globe of skate parks being a safe place, a place of acceptance and love and family and uh, just a place for the people on the outside uh, that find themselves with no, uh, no, no culture, no family, uh, looking to belong, that they can belong within the skateboarding culture. Uh, really great. Talk about all the uh, misconceptions about skateboarding and uh, a lot of different stuff in regards to that. So great episode. Really excited for you to jump into it. Uh, as usual, I've got to remind you about the um, – the State Lines Podcast Network that we are a part of. Uh, State Lines is a great, great uh, network. It's a great website. In fact, we just uh, we we just revamped the website. The the network uh, is even better. Looks even and better on online. So go to the website state-lines.com. Check it out. Uh, see all the articles. See all the podcasts there. Uh, there's other people, many other people's podcasts on the on the website as well within the network and a lot of articles that you can read that are just fantastic. They're brilliant. Please go check them out. Check out the new site, state-lines.com, and just drink in all the brilliancy and beauty of the new website. So please go do that. And as always, I always like to uh, encourage you to be involved in your community, do something to give back to help people in need. I'd love for you to do it through our organization that I run called Current Initiatives. Uh, please check that out, engagecurrent.org, if you're interested in that. And um, if not, find something within your community, something that you care about and give back and try to help make the world a better place because you are creative, you are brilliant, you are inspirational uh, on planet Earth, within the universe. You have your place to do that. So please put your energy, put your uh, talents, everything you have into something that you care about to help bring uh, some betterment to the world, some creativity, some brilliance, and inspiration to the world. All right, here we go. Uh, a great episode, fun episode with Brian Schaefer and Michelle LaFleur-Box. Also, before we jump into it, check out 
<clears throat> check them out online at <clears throat> skate or spottampa.com spottampa.com and boardsforbros.org you can uh, check them out you can follow them on the social medias with the same stuff at spottampa at boardsforbros uh, go check them out get involved and here we go Great. Let's. Uh, we're pro Mac. Let's. Let's. <laughs> yeah, we're here to help. We're here to serve you. Good. All right, Father. So, <laughs> so we got Brian Schaefer and Michelle Box is your last name, right? Yes. I never know if it's actually your last name. I always have to spell it B O X. People Just want to make like it more complicated than it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like it should be that simple. Yeah. But I agree. <laughs> so Brian Schaefer and Michelle Box from Skate Park of Tampa slash Board for Bros. Boards for boards for bros. Boards for bros. Yeah. So um, I guess Brian, tell me the uh, tell me the spot story real quick. Kind of give kind of give the uh, the history background. You started it what like twenty years ago, right? Man, years ago, thank 25? you. I'm flattered. I, I feel very young. Twenty years ago. Um, well, I mean, you were like five when you started it. I think. Right? Thank you very much. Man. You keep <laughs> you keep going. Uh, this might get a little weird in this podcast. <laughs> Keep it straight. Um, no, it started in uh, 1993. I was 21 years of age. Um, skate Park of Tampa is basically an indoor skateboarding park. It started with um, a vert ramp that we had in a private warehouse summer of 91 um, in Drew Park, and it only lasted a year. It was based on the buddy system. We would all uh, pitch in $50 uh, a month for uh, a warehouse key. Okay. keep the thing going but that came down because everybody was between the ages of 18 and you know 21 ish so at that time nobody could afford $50 a month believe it or not so the ramp was coming down it was sort of my dad's work we had this concept of starting a skate park and living in a warehouse so we could uh, our rent money would go to paying the warehouse money and we'd have a place to skate all the time um, which was the San Jose skate park model in California that was heavily supported and skated by all the Santa Cruz skaters. Um, Jeff Kendall, Bob Boyle, Mike Yusufer, um, Corey O'Brien, Simon Woodstock. But anyway, we went out there one summer before this started, summer of 92, knowing the ramp was going to come down. And like we were like, wow, this is really cool. You know, they let us, like, work, you know, for mm. free skate time. Mm-hmm. And there was about four or five people living there. And people that we knew, you know, like pro skateboarders like Corey O'Brien. And it kind of gave us that kind of template of, like, maybe we can really do this, you know. Maybe we will have a place to put the ramp at when it comes down, you know, off of, you know, Drew Park, off of Dale Mabry. And um, so we found a warehouse, found a landlord that was super down. We had a vert ramp. Um, I was the only one that was able to come up with the money, but there wasn't much money at all. But we moved in. We had a first and last month uh, of rent. The landlord was super cool. He's like, I'm going to be chasing you guys down for rent for sure, but I'll give you guys a free month rent, you know, to get started. So we had two months up front to get going, and the vert ramp was up within a week, and 
we had some residents and some revenue coming in and um, we built one ramp at a time so 1993 it started so 23 years ago almost going on our 24th year wow how old were you at the time when you started it, i was 21 on the on the turn it started um the lease was actually signed like december 19th um 1992 because i remember kind of being here through the christmas and staying the night and getting through the new year's and then so we officially rounded it to just like January 1st as our starting point. Okay. Uh, I think that's when the ramp was finally finished. Um, so I was uh, 21, you know, at the time, and now I'm at the ripe age of 31, <laughs> for 45. I'm 45 years of age, so it's been awesome. Uh, most 21-year-olds don't actually know what they want to do. Is that, did you know that's... Or did you just kind of fall into it? Did you go, ah, you know, I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to own a skate park. Well, uh, Jason, I wish I could tell you that. It's like, I'm going to start this skate park. I know it's going to be successful. I know we're going to do an online, you know, retail uh, aspect to it. I know we were going to start Tampa Am and Tampa Pro and have the world's best Am and Pro contest, you know, for over two decades. Um, but, no, that wasn't the story. I always refer to it as, like, the best accident, you know what I mean? It's like, we wanted a place to live, we needed a place to skate, or we needed a place to live, we needed a place to skate, we had a vert ramp, like, worst comes to worst, we would all work some horrible jobs to help pay the rent, and it just kind of worked out. My parents lent, lent me a little bit of money um, to help, you know, at the time, they didn't have much, maybe like five grand to refinance their house back in the day, but... We had no idea that it would work and, you know, I'd be sitting here, you know, over 23 years later. It's just like hard work, timing. We were only the, we were one of the only warehouses, you know, indoor warehouses at, you know, those, the mid nineties that kind of survived or mm -hmm. we were just starting as other warehouses were falling off and skateboarding was in a weird period. And, um, we just had a ton of friends up and down the east coast that were skateboarding whether it be ams or pros and anytime somebody was doing a demo or the people that we knew in skateboarding it just this became that hub so we were very fortunate that it that it worked out and and I, I wish we knew what we were doing but hard work timing a little bit of luck you know mm -hmm. and help from everybody that came through the doors really just kind of made it work one day at a time and one year after our next yeah that's awesome. I think so. My this podcast being all about it's called boldly going, being all about like going and accomplishing your dream or pursuing your dream. Uh, I feel like a lot of people approach that with I've gotta I've gotta reach the goal tomorrow. Like they want to start with everything yeah. already accomplished. Um, and I think most people miss that aspect of it. Of like I just this is the thing I want to do. I'm gonna try it today. Yeah. Make it up tomorrow and try it again. I think it's safer if you have a goal and you know where you're going when you put, <clears throat> you know, an investment or your time up front. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, timing and hard work and, and um, you know, the, the foundation was skateboarding and providing a place to skate. So it's like, I guess the integrity, the hard work, the help from the community, the need from it, it's like uh, the goal... Um, 
and the target ahead, I still don't have that really on the plate. And we just kind of work through it and things kind of evolved in the right direction, even like Boards for Bros and, and Michelle sitting here and, you know, one of the reasons why she's here with her whole family. I mean, everything sort of transitions with everything that we've done, whether the events, Tampa Am and Tampa Pro as another element of the skate park at Tampa, that was like just a, a forged asset to, you know, the skate park and then our traveling events and, you know, our little project down in Ybor City with the bricks and the retail shop down there and, mm -hmm. and boards for bros. So it's like, you know, I don't know what our target is, I guess. Sorry to, sorry to <laughs> ramble on there. No, no, that's good. I, I, say, I think that's important, though. I think that's important for people to hear because a lot of... A lot of business would tell you, have your five-year plan, have your 10-year plan, all that kind of stuff, which I think there's a place for in some aspects, but uh, some of the most brilliant people I've ever known were people that, I don't know what next year's going to look like for my thing. Yeah. I'm just doing the thing that I love. So Yeah, I think right. uh, common sense and, and hard work, as long as you're not going, and this may sound even possible these days, these days but as long as you're not like... I'm going to build this rocket ship, and I'm going to take people to the moon. <laughs> so I want to watch what I say. But as long as it, it, it's a concept of something that's in within reach and that's common sense, um, most businesses are all the same thing, you know? Hard work, a plan, a little bit of structure. Mm -hmm. uh, common sense is a big element. You know, some resources financially or other people in the community that can help you get to where you're going that can really just tie into it the the same elements that are you know with every business model whether it be an automotive shop uh, uh apple store a restaurant they're all just based on those those similar principles yeah and you would you say that's one of the biggest key elements too is having people that believe in the same thing as you or but bring different talents to the table something like that yeah man absolutely it's uh you know you're only as good as your team you know no matter how good a coach is if he can't build the right team and the players in general sports he's not going to the super bowl by himself you know what i mean or yeah. staying in business or have a team that'll be reputable or that can execute so it's definitely the people you surround yourselves about you know with and and amongst and and uh people that can bring talents you know, talent to the table and, and hard work too, you know. Yeah. So speaking of that, Michelle, <laughs> you run Boards for Bros. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. And how did you get involved oh. with... <laughs> it's it's a journey. I, I've used the word journey so many times okay. over the past few years. Um, my son dragged my husband and I into skateboarding. Um, we're Canadian. <clears throat> we were all about hockey. Okay. <laughs> is is skateboarding not traditionally a thing in Canada? Well, it is. My brother skated okay. a bit, and um, I hung around with skateboarders in high school. But uh, traditionally in our family, uh, it was very much a hockey focus. Okay. Um, my husband and I had that in common when we got married. Um, my husband was a hockey coach. My son wow. played hockey for years. But... Um, when Wesley was three or four years old, he became obsessed with skateboards, um, and we just kind of followed him on his journey into skateboarding, okay. and um, by the time he was 10 or 11, he was obsessed with watching skateboarding online, he was obsessed with 
Robin Big episode here at the skate park in Tampa. Um, he knew everything about skateboarding. Okay. And uh, so we just I I followed his interest into skateboarding and got him a skateboard. Saw him completely start coming out of his shell, mm-hmm. and that was his comfort zone. There was absolutely no doubt. Anybody that met him, that was where he was happiest. That's where he communicated the best. Um, and so. I just kind of followed him on that journey. And when he was 10 or 11 years old, he came to us one day and he said, I really don't want to do anything but skateboarding. I want to drop out of hockey and things like that. So we said, okay. And uh, we were lucky enough at the time to have a really supportive community. We lived in Huntsville, Alabama. And an awesome local skate shop there that helped me uh, with Wesley and his skateboarding. Taught him how to assemble boards and stuff like that. A local pro, James Hardy, just happened to be recouping from a knee surgery at the time and was hanging around our local skateboard park and a whole bunch of things fell into place. Um, uh, I would just take my son to the skate park and he would hang out and he had some really awesome older local guys that really encouraged him along. So we started coming down to Tampa for all ages contests. that was our family Christmas presents and birthday presents. We'd come down to Tampa visit spot. My daughter also came for ballet training. And um, after a while, it just came to a point where my daughter had some ballet opportunities. We were coming down to Tampa quite often, and my husband and I said, why don't we sell everything and move to Tampa? And the wow. kids seemed to have some amazing opportunities down here. I was constantly uh, wanting to seek warmer temperatures. And uh, so we took a big risk on our journey as a family and just took a leap of faith and moved down to Tampa. And uh, I saw that Michelle needed a, a, a job <laughs> and she was passionate in skateboarding. So yeah. I asked her to jump on boards with Boards for Bros. And she's like, absolutely, I'm in 100%. Maybe yeah. not like that, but. It, I was actually, yeah, I was making ballet costumes at the time. And at, I like, was. At the skate park and also teaching Wesley, you know, homeschool. Yeah. Oh, you know, wow. at the skate park because that's you know he would do some homework and then uh, skate, do some schoolwork rather, and yeah. And then yeah, we got to talking, and um, he, he saw that I had some passion for kids' issues, and I started volunteering with Boards for Bros, and one thing led to another, and I again took another leap of faith and took on executive director of Boards for Bros. Okay. So had you started? Had started Boards for Bros. Boards for Bros had started with some colleagues um, back in 2006, and along with a gentleman named Paul Schmidt, who is like, you know, P.S. Sticks, uh, one of the world's best wood manufacturers of skateboard decks, Mm -hmm. a good friend, local in Tampa, and um, it just started at the Bro Bowl with his concept of like, um, hey, these kids need boards, you know, and maybe you guys can supply you know, use skateboard parts and bring old boards down to the to the bowl. The bowl, which resides in downtown Tampa, <clears throat> which was built in the the mid seventies, you know, like a, a downward, uh, a downhill uh, concrete pathway that runs into like a, a bowl like structure that you could just gravity pulls you around, so anybody can skate it. Um, it started there with uh, just the kids in the neighborhood always needing boards. Um, whether it be for girls, guys, we just dubbed it the you know 
uh, Boards for Bros because the Bro Bowl was an inspiration and that was mm -hmm. the, the, the title of that, but it's, it's for everybody. And, um, you know, it was just something that we did every year that we collected used boards a little bit of money or pitched in the money through the skate park of Tampa for the parts that we didn't get, which is mainly like uh, wheels, bearings, and just some hardware. We usually, and some trucks. Um, well, wheels and decks are usually, those Those come a little bit more of an abundance, but trucks, bearings, and hardware we purchase, put the completes together, and we were usually just doing it at the end of the year. Um, through you know the less fortunate neighborhoods and the communities and driving around in a Santa Claus suit and distributing <laughs> boards um, and I always knew there was a greater purpose there and, and ever since Michelle got on board I'd say two years ago now yeah about almost um, we've since just like activate and do foster care kids that come to Tampa and then we've mm -hmm. done it in Atlanta at uh, Hazard uh, Skate Park where we do another Dam Am which is a traveling mm -hmm. Am event that leads to Tampa Am um, and just like work with all different organizations now that Michelle has, has been involved and been able to reach out uh, and make those connections um, so kids have a place to go all year and we do distributions all year and just kind of spread the word that it's uh, you know changing changing lives one skateboard at a time. That's awesome. What is it? Uh, why would you say that's an important thing of putting skateboards in the hands of? On so many levels, uh, one of the most the biggest influences we've had is working with local high school age teenagers in group foster care situations. Mm -hmm. uh, skateboarding is a really awesome outlet for them, creatively, physically, but also socially. Um, skateboarding gives them a bit of an identity uh, here, and when they go back to their high school, if they have a skateboard in hand and they've been to the skate park of Tampa and might have a t-shirt, um, it, it opens up social avenues for them and avenues yeah. for self-expression as well one yeah, of the most powerful yeah. things too is the transient aspect of kids in foster care mm -hmm. um, kids are often moved from especially high school age kids move from group home to group home and they can't take very much with them but they can, can consistently pick up their skateboard and take that with them yeah. so where they might not be able to enroll in a full season of basketball or baseball or some kind of a team sport they can at least have that physical skateboard on their person and take it from home to home and make that home more of a home for them because all they need is a driveway or a sidewalk and they have their skateboard and nobody can take that creative and physical and emotional outlet away from them. So um, that's one of the most amazing journeys I've been on as executive director we started off with these kind of product tosses in more of the underserved neighborhoods where yeah. we would just get those skateboards into the hands of kids to seeing these ongoing relationships with local uh, teenagers and really seeing the impact that skateboarding is having on them and the positive impact it's having on their caregivers as well for them to be able to take them here and the kids can decompress and they just fit in with the other skaters. Uh, as one caregiver said to me, you can only take them bowling so many times. Oh. And when they walk in and go bowling, everybody knows it's a group of foster kids from such and such home. Mm -hmm. When they walk through the front doors of the skate park of Tampa, they're skaters. They're kids hanging out at Spot. And yeah. they become part of the family and part of the community. 
And as I said, they can decompress and fit in, hang out in the snack bar, uh, hang out with my Boards for Bros volunteers who teach them the fundamentals of skating. And they feel a sense of belonging here. So we've seen kids that go from group home to group home within Tampa Bay, but because I've made enough connections with the group homes, they keep coming back to the skate park of Tampa. So it's... It's been really amazing for me to see this being a bit of a touchstone and a bit of a home for them at a really vulnerable time in their lives. Yeah. And, uh, so skateboarding saves lives. It saved mine. Yeah. And it saved your son's life. It did. And and it just it enhances I've seen the power and the, I call it, you know, the transformative power of skateboarding. I know it's a really fancy word, but I've seen it. I've seen it transform kids. I see it in skate camp. I see it with the Boards for Bros clients. I've seen it with the caregivers that are involved in our program. Um, I've seen it with our little product giveaways at the Laundry Project that day or um, at our Christmas time giveaways. Like, it really, really does have a huge impact. And I know it has an ongoing impact on the community. It's so brilliant because I... I think traditionally skateboarding gets a really negative look to it, especially you know from cities and businesses. There's always kind of this. It's, a, it's fascinating to me. You go around buildings, and every every corner flat surface is it's got got stuff lined up on it. And I get you know under, I understand the quote unquote damage side of things, but I think that's the part that most people never see is like what you've tapped into of being family that it does save like you said it saved we your life we just get a bad rap all the time man skateboarders get a bad rap they, why do you think that is they don't though? deserve it one I think it's just one it's loud two it's on private property sometimes and people just aren't used to it you know um, just even for transportation you get a bad look I mean there's uh, incidences where it's like you know you're almost arrested for just going from point A to point B uh, you know, like I said I'm, earlier, I'm 45, and sometimes like I'll just be using it to get from, you know, Ebor City to the other side of downtown. And, you know, somebody will be kicking me off my skateboard in downtown. I'm just like, and I don't even try to, you know, go, hey, bro, I'm just like, I'm just pushing. You know yeah. what I mean? And to be honest, there just hasn't been much PR when it comes to the positive impact of skateboarding. Like, yeah. I've had a, a very interesting experience as walking into different. Uh, community grant funding focus groups and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm there with the football leagues and the baseball (laughs) leagues and they have and even golf and they have their very slick pamphlets on the impact that those things have on the kids and Mm -hmm. the years of research and funding and everything frankly that hasn't been done um, on the skateboarding side of things because you know skaters are skaters and they don't really want to um, necessarily explain (laughs) themselves to other people. And that's okay, and that's what also makes it such an amazing fit for kids that are underserved Mm -hmm. and on the the fringes. So I I really, I've, I've become a real social activist at these different organizational meetings because I will show up at the funding meetings for sports yeah. where skateboarding in the past has said, well, we're not a sport and just simply yeah. didn't sit at the table. But I've been sitting at the table and trying to um, inform people of the impact. So we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. And I think having a, a certified nonprofit 501c3 boards for bros and uh, I can 
you know, yeah, dress up in my Sunday, I call it my Sunday school teacher clothes yeah. <laughs> and, and show up and use the right words. And um, I've really opened up a lot of eyes within Tampa about yeah. the impact yeah. of skateboarding on the community. So that's been really, uh, it's really fueled my fire moving forward too. I really think we can make some really huge inroads. All the organization and the importance of like the public awareness of like, you know, how how cool and the bad rap that it does get is, you know, there there's a balance of, of doing it right. But at the end of the day, you know, skateboarders just still want to be fence-free, no rules, and, you know, you don't need a, a team or a playground or a football field to do something. So it's always self-expression, so that's not always, you know, like open, welcome in open arms, especially when you're rattling down sidewalk cracks and even if you're just pushing it still sounds like a nuisance or you're gonna be like running somebody over when you're not so yeah you know it gets the bad rap and um you know and and uh it'll that'll always remain there Mm -hmm. you know but you always want the organized and the and the structured side of it too to find that right balance and i guess you know over over time you know uh you know everything gets better more accepted or at least people understand it, whether they don't grasp it, they're aware of it, you know, and it can make more sense where they won't be so afraid of skateboarders or skateboarding or yeah. the noise that they hear coming down the streets. Yeah. The fascinating thing to me, too, about it, like when you're telling that story of going through downtown and someone stopping you, the fascinating thing to me is that there's so much that you could say to that person about, hey, all the things you care about, I'm a successful businessman, I own multiple businesses in Tampa. I've got there's so many things you could list off for them to go I'm not a moron I'm not a bad guy hey I'm just not a bad guy I'm just just using this to get through to the you know through through downtown yeah yeah you just gotta swallow and go all right, man when they're about 20 years younger than you waving a billy club (laughs) listen kid (laughs) that's uh have you has I guess skateboarding and dealing with that kind of stuff is that taught you a lot about dealing with people i think that i mean just my experience with with skateboarding and just you know just growing and understanding how to communicate with people if they come at you incorrectly um you know the elements of of somebody improperly telling you not to skateboard you know aggressively um whether they're trying to strong arm you it happens all the time i think the the most important thing you know, in general, what I've learned is like, you know, you got to kill everybody with kindness because uh, they may not be aware that they shouldn't skate somewhere or they shouldn't be doing this or that, whether it's skateboarding or not skateboarding. You know, I think that the most important thing is to not profile anybody and, um, you know, not speculate and, and really come in with open arms to go, hey, by the way, you guys can't do that here. You know, or you can't park here, mm-hmm. can't skate there. And if somebody approached that way, they'd probably get a, a, a better response. Like, maybe one more try on this trick, please. And they're going to go like, all right, and then you're out. Mm-hmm. Versus maybe grabbing somebody by the arm and slinging them down on the ground incorrectly or something that isn't needed with an aggressive force Yeah, you know, right from the start. Yeah. It also fascinates me, like Pokemon Go being such a ridiculous thing now. Businesses, you see, I've seen signs everywhere. Like we're a we're a Pokemon Go place, and they're trying to push people in there. And I think it's a 
like it's such a dumb thing because to me it's just as disruptive as something like skateboard because yeah. they're just walking into things or not you know but something like skateboarding still gets a I feel like they'd get a better response if their businesses were like yeah here's here's the spot in our on our space that you can that you can skateboard use this place maybe stay off the, this other part over here but yeah use this space like it's open for it's open for you here's our sign you can I skate like here that, that you're using a ref Pokemon as a reference to be like that's more annoying than skateboarding. <laughs> I think it is. I, I appreciate that. You know? That's funny. I think when you have people that are wandering around like cemeteries trying to catch a, a digital monster on their phone. Just for those that are listening, in case you didn't tune in the beginning or check the date on the screen, uh, there is a crisis in 2016 <laughs> called Pokemon, you know, the yeah. app that's on your phone. Yeah. So be aware. Yeah, it is a crisis. So, that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, skateboarding just became an Olympic sport, right? Didn't it just get... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read it, but I've heard heard it on the World Wide it was Web a, today. Official yesterday. It's official, 2020. Officially will be so Summer Games officially a 2000 yeah. Olympic sport. Yes. Which uh, I kind of go. Why did it take so long? Snowboarding has been an Olympic sport for a few decades now, a couple decades. Yeah, Skate I mean, port, like you know, snowboarding's like the winter equivalent like to least, me. Yeah, I think it's probably. Probably, I mean, I don't know. I'm not keeping score, but probably at least 12 or 16 years now, so almost two decades, you know. But who's counting? Um, so continue. Skateboarders I think saying, how come skateboarding? Yeah, how come no, why, yeah. Why do you, why do you think is it part of that stigma? You think still? No, I think it's um, everything has its time uh, and run, you know, runs its you know direction. Um, skateboarding's just been really cool, and once again, as we just kind of started talking about, like people aren't really aware of skateboarding or what it means or where it's going or what public skate parks are or what an indoor skate park is. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, like I know for a fact that skateboarders are not happy in one regards to go, all right, make it official, make it to be part of the Olympics. Because then it, you know, in, 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 wonder, in, in one in one hand, it's you're looking at it like, oh man, it's embraced by everybody now, where you still want it to be cool, but it'll still have its own niche. But I think overall, it was just a matter of time before, um, you know, it it got pushed through because there's a lot of red tape on how that works from the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee, um, and we've been kind of engaged with skateboarding talks from IASC, which is the International Association of Skateboard Companies, to kind of try to steer that vessel. But there's a lot of red tape and and infrastructure on who can bring that and who can own that, you know, mm -hmm. discipline, you know. And so it's just where it is right now. And skateboarding's it's youthful, you know. Times are changing. Some of, you know, the elements in the Olympics, like ice curling and mm -hmm. and maybe you know rowing, you know, or I can't talk about everything specific. I don't really even watch the Olympics, but there's so many things that you're like, okay, you know, I can't even think of, you know, what is it? What's what's the sword thing called? Where it's oh, like fencing? Yeah, fencing. Yeah, like okay, 
You know what I mean? It's uh, I mean that's probably pretty cool. Maybe I feel like I feel like anybody. speed walking is. Have you seen <laughs> that's speed? really an Olympic sport? That, yeah. yeah. Have you not? Oh, it's ridiculous. And I every time I see it, I'm like, why is that? I think why you're hurting somebody's feelings. <laughs> probably. That's okay. Probably. Yeah, but back back to skateboarding. I think it was uh, you know, it's youthful, it's progressive. They might be down their viewership on national TV, <laughs> so they need their ratings up. Um, and it's fun, and it can in- incorporate, you know, the world, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, well, it know. takes a lot of talent to to really be good at skateboarding, to be good on a court, on a ramp, all yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, it takes. It's not just. I mean, anyone can skateboard. Anybody can speedwalk. Anybody can speedwalk too. Not everybody can skateboard. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it takes a lot of talent. It, it does, man. It's uh, I'm surrounded by skateboarding every day, and I'm still blown away with the level of of uh, talent that the skateboarders have um, throughout the world. And I'm always impressed, or find somebody new that I like, um, or still, like I said, I'm just blown away, you know, by skateboarding and what they what they can do. Is there anything new in skateboard, like tricks, things like that, that has it all been done, or is there still stuff? No, it hasn't all been done because people are skating switch, um, which is basically standing on the board and opposite footed, um, and people learn how to do that better every day. People learn how to take old tricks and make them better and bring them back from the dead. Um, so there's always new talent, new style, a new caliber of the way things are being done or the way they haven't been done, even if it's by the the style of clothing that you wear or shoes a progression you know the the way you look visibly on a skateboard and the way you know style progresses so i think uh whether it's all been done which that's not the case because there's so much you know so much terrain out there throughout the whole world so if something's been done in florida you know florida it may not have been done in california on a different set of stairs or rails or ramp um or done a different way with the same tricks um the same stance but just by a different skater that can make it look stronger cleaner you know or or weaker you know i mean 10 people could do the same trick on you know one of the set of stairs or or the rail out in the skate park of tampa but everybody's gonna do it different you know Mm -hmm. and that's what makes skateboarding so so rad nice uh curious question for you uh, I feel like skateboarding traditionally is more guys that are in it. Yeah. As a as a woman, how do you? What's your view for for women in skateboarding? Well, it's getting better every day. <laughs> um, even working within the industry, uh, it is. It's getting better every day. Um, within boards for bros. I know for a fact last year we gave up more boards to girls than we did guys. Really? Yeah. It was a very slight majority, but um, a lot of the girls that walk through our door are more enthusiastic than the guys, especially the teenage girls. Um, And they work really hard at it. (laughs) They really do. Um, We're getting there. Uh, I I am an extremely strong feminist. Uh-huh. Um, there are some aspects of 
the traditions around skateboarding that I don't necessarily like. Okay. But I'm ex- also extremely stubborn. And I feel that just being a part of it and being myself and working with other women um, around the industry and, you know, stepping up and being there and doing the work along with the guys, uh, it's going to progress and get better. I've met a lot of really wonderful young women through skateboarding. I think uh, I'm going to chime in here. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to ask Michelle a couple questions <laughs> to get specific answers on this. I got a tiptoe around it. No, it, it's good. I mean, I, I I think you know it's it's a it's predominantly a, a men's sport, at least visibly, right? Mm-hmm. On the back end, there's a ton more women skating yes. and girls okay. um, than ever before. I think it, you know, like it, it ties back to skateboarding. Still, you know, from the late '70s when it really started amongst every other sport that's been around for, you know, since the, you know, the early 1900s. Um, so it's still new. So I think for a woman to just show up to the session when it's all guys is intimidating. Mm. Um, she's usually not traveling with 10 other girls that are, are skating because it's a unique individual sport. So only a few women take to it where it's like, I fit right in and I feel comfortable whether I'm as good as the guys or I'm a woman stepping into the session. And guys are getting better at accepting everybody, you know, mm-hmm. more so than just like, this is the dude's the dude's session. So I think it's like the accessibility for women to be welcomed, that's all new. Um, it's definitely hard, I think in general. and. I don't want to sound like a sexist, but it, it's, um, it takes a lot of work and a lot of talent. Um, and, you know, I was going to let Michelle sort of answer this one so I don't put my foot in my mouth, but it takes a lot of work yeah. and endurance and, and strength and balance. And to be at the level that some of the guys are, there's only a few of the guys that can even get to that level. So it's much harder for a girl to to get to the level where some of the pros are at today. Wouldn't you agree, Michelle? Yes. But also from my aspect, because, again, I was raised a very strong feminist. Sure. I look that more on the... sexist alone. Huh? Very strong feminist. No, yeah, we have to be feminists in this <laughs> world. Um I look at it from the marketing side, the infrastructure side, um, all that kind of stuff. Like, I I think young girls coming into the activity of skateboarding and the magazines and the videos and things like that, a lot of the images are not welcoming to women. We're not talking about images. We're we're talking about... No, but it's all... No, but I'm telling you, it's all intertwined. So if you bring a lot of talent to the table, but if at the end of the day you really do not feel like you have a place at that table or you're objectified in a certain way, you're not necessarily going to stick around. So people I find, this is just my personal opinion, will stick away, stick themselves at the table and fight with the other people at the table and fight for their place at the table if at the end of the day they ultimately feel safe and accepted on some level. Now, I think we've come a really long way in terms of um, the images and things like that. 
uh, within the industry. But I think it, it's something that is continually looked at, and I think the girls are sticking at the table, and they are fighting for their place at the table. And so there are going to see you where we have already seen changes in the imagery and things like that within the industry. Because skateboarding is a very visual industry, and it's still an entertainment-based industry on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. So things, you know, images are very, very powerful within skateboarding. And I think just the years I've been involved with it and really, really looking, I've seen an absolute progression towards the positive. But, and we'll get there. Um, but I, I really, one thing I've really noticed is, as I said, girls don't necessarily have the same level of talent coming right out of the gate. But they need to be able to feel comfortable within the industry to stick it out and go to the Absolutely. contest. So what are, like, you know, not to, like, now I'm, I'm like, steering this. I don't mean to. Uh, you know, how, you know, like, I want to see more girls involved. I want to see it more exposed that it's, uh, you know, the skate park of Tampa is a safe place for, for girls to get involved. I mean, you know, do you think that, um, I'm just kind of backing where Jason started with this, is, like, how come more women aren't involved? Um and that, I guess, is across the board with, you know, most sports, I guess. You know, even football and baseball, ball, there's not so many premium leagues where women stay with it. I mean, maybe there's not a lot of opportunities for college, a college, you know, baseball team. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I'd like to see more women involved. So how do you think we can get more people involved in skateboarding, women or girls, um, you know? How, how would you answer that? Well, I think I think you've come a long way even just having me working here. Um, no, but it's when people walk through the front door. Like, I've had a lot of girls sign up for skate camp this year. And I've had girls want to come back for an all-girls skate camp next year. Now, separating them out into their own camp isn't necessarily the route I want to go. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes just personnel within the the industry, greeting people... It doesn't necessarily always have to be guys. And it's all about diversity and welcoming more people to the table. And I think uh, Spot's come a long, really long way in you know, doing that kind of outreach. And Boards for Bros has been optimal with that because a lot of our volunteers are it's female. Awesome. It's awesome. That is, whoops, broken glass. A lot, of our, off the wall. <laughs> a lot of our volunteers that are working the tent and helping with, you know, giving out the boards and stuff are female. So it's all about when you, you know, when you see other women within skateboarding, a little girl's more likely to say, yeah, and I can yeah. do that. Just for the record, I mean, could be sexist. <laughs> the skate park at Tampa has uh, allowed girls to skate for free yes. since day one. Just okay. to kind of, to trim off the, like, the... Um, the intimidation factor sure. and having to go through the process or even paying the skate if they're you know not really good it kind of just like it it clears that out like well if i don't like it you know i get to skate for free anyway you mm -hmm. know which i think that's opened up the doors a little bit for more girls to kind of get it involved. absolutely even has. if it's like some of the girls that ride the bro bowl they come over here and carve around with no shoes on you know what i mean oh, and it's wow. like i don't think if they had to pay to skate they'd be coming here to sure. just cruise around so we try to open the doors for that and try to you know allow women to skate and know that they can skate for free 
um, just to give them a better place and, and uh, at no cost as well. Yeah, that's all. And that kind of I I understand what you're saying. It's in, it makes sense. I'm just think I was thinking while you were talking about personally walking into a place that I'm unfamiliar with or uh, and there's something too I guess that I see people that I think at least look like me even as a guy like oh that guy looks looks like me looks like someone I would get along with I feel comfortable with that but you walk into a place where you can't identify with anyone that really feels like oh that person is like me it makes it it makes it harder. So that makes sense on like just women just being around, like someone greeting them at the door. That's a woman being being different. Yeah, I, I found it. It's had a huge impact, and um, we have so many women around here, like Laura, and that come all the time, and they've been coming out and volunteering for boards for bros, and um, it's it's really it's had a huge impact, and girls coming back, not only boards for bros clients, but yeah. Um, girls in general so there you have it we're only hiring women at the skate park because <laughs> uh, the place will be cleaner it'll be more comforting it'll be way nicer and we'll have a nice balance of male and female employees yeah. at the front counter and that will decorations will look better <laughs> i know the bathrooms will look cleaner <laughs> at least the women's ones still nicer so that's funny yeah that's uh, we'll have to talk about this one offline as well yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to start an argument. No, I was just good. curious. No, no, it's not an argument. It's been, it's been a great, uh, it's been a good journey for me. As yeah. I said, like, I don't know. I, I've learned so much working here. I've learned more than any other job I've ever had in my life. I've learned so much from everybody who works here and everybody that work, walks through the door. Um, my perspective on things changes daily, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and um, I, I just see it constantly evolving and growing in a very positive manner so yeah it's only going to get better for girls or anybody that wants to come and hang out yeah and better for guys too yeah i guess that's anyone yeah i'm just i'm just heckling you michelle that's okay i'm used to it (laughs) i was forced to hire michelle as a woman being we didn't have any other women you needed yeah yeah i got in on that that clause. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> in skateboarding, or just in from a technological standpoint with skateboarding, uh, what kind of advancements have been made recently, or are being made, like equipment-wise, things like that? Anything, uh, or is it pretty? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I can't. I'd have to call Professor Schmidt, you know, in to really dissect the, you know, the technological advancements with with wood and decks but they're always making everything different and better and always trying to find a better way for things to last longer stay stronger have its pop not flat spot um bolts and hardware you know from the trucks not breaking um but it's a real simple you know item but you know there's you know always tons of improvements through everything you know, so I guess that's all I have on that topic, Mr. Okay. Jason. Uh, I'm just curious because it, it seems to me that like wheels have probably gotten better, stuff like that. Man, I mean, a- absolutely. I mean, like it's crazy that all decks have looked the same for you know 20 years, as much as I, as long as I've been in skateboarding, a lot longer than that. But you know, they've changed shapes and sizes. Um, but the technology and boards last longer and they pop stronger 
um, and they're able to still keep everything at, at an affordable cost, almost the same cost that it's been for the last you know two decades. Yeah, that's awesome. So Michelle, um, when it comes to boards for bros, how can people? What can people do to get involved to help? What do you guys um, need? We always need donations, um, cash donations, equipment donations. Um, we're starting to partner with uh, two other groups, uh, Skate Asbury in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and we work with Ed Womble in North Carolina. So we're slowly starting to expand our reach as well. Um, Our dream is to have, to empower local communities to start their own kind of Boards for Bros chapters across the country. We're being really careful and expanding very, very slowly to make sure that we get our formula correct Mm -hmm. and um, appropriate and volunteer-driven. So right now, we we are always in need of donations. Uh, (laughs) I have so many people that want to volunteer for us that... I don't have enough supplies really to to uh, to have board builds for all the volunteers that want to come out and help and help yeah, us. The volunteer element has been like, you know, over the top. It's like, overwhelming. Yeah. We could build ten skate parks with the people that want to volunteer. You know, the supplies um, are the toughest ones. You know, so that's why you know she mentioned cash donations. If we had more money, we'd be able to build more boards and be mm-hmm. able to spread, you know, the, the gift of skateboarding, one skateboard at a time, um, to everybody in the world in different organizations. Um, and yeah, even, like, and yeah, the get cash. The costs of, of our products down from brands that work with us that we can buy products for at a, a very low cost. The cash will really allow us to activate our regional distributions because yeah. then I'm not paying for shipping. Um, okay. I got a lot of donations dropped off here at Skate Park of Tampa, which is amazing, and I'm so grateful for them. And we very quickly turn those around and get them into the hands of kids that need them. But I have so much demand um, from different communities around the country that might need 200 sets of wheels. Okay. Um, but if I had those cash donations, I can utilize my industry contacts and drop ship them some. So you can very- buy, I'm assuming. Probably the thing that people donate the most are decks. Correct. Right. I have tons of decks. Okay. Um, but we're and that's not your problem. What you need is you have to buy wheels. You need to buy Absolutely. trucks and bearings. Bearings. Yeah. Okay. In order to build a skateboard that's going to last any length of time and uh, has any kind of quality, because we want kids to actually be able to skate. Right. You don't really give them. them crap. Exactly. Um, we need. We try to use quality components. Specifically, the trucks can be very, very expensive, and wheels and bearings. Um, we've had amazing industry support. Uh, Jamie Thomas's Garage Days collection has donated a ton of fantastic, beautiful new wheels for us. I've had a van store, van store 404 in New Jersey, sending us decks and and grip tape, and um, but really for us to bring it to the next level. Um, the cash donations will really help us, as I said, get the products distributed across the country and get them into the hands of the local communities yeah. that might not be able to cash fundraise on their end, mm-hmm. but I can get them stuff um, right and really make a huge impact on their efforts to get skateboards into the hands of kids. And, edu- so. and educating other organizations and other skate shops and other you know chapters, so to speak, yeah. um, that she had mentioned, like, this program, you know, can be su- sustainable, like, and 
just on a change jar on a small little scale to help facilitate the decks that they probably already get or the wheels that they already get to buy bearings. And I think one of the most important things to really make boards for bros um, even become stronger is the alliance with other non-for-profits and charities to not only get involved with us but for us to be able to get involved with them because there may be the opportunity for exchanging resources exchanging grants exchanging programs mm -hmm. and the boards for bros program isn't just about the boards you know being built and, and giving it it's about opening the doors to the skate park of tampa um, and giving somebody an indefinite free place to skate and education you know, within skateboarding and just knowing that they, you know, always have a place that they can call home. And, you know, and those organizations working with Boards for Bros, like Prodigy Art, you know, program that they've come in every Tuesday and painted on the on the park and donated art supplies and art campers are working with their organization, which has been awesome, is just like opening our doors and bringing in resources that some other programs may not have, whether it be the music, the art on the walls, the skateboarding lessons, the photography that our, our company provides, videography, and just like behind the scenes tours of how to run a skate park or how to be a graphic artist that we mm -hmm. kind of share with the kids. You know, those resources are a great asset for other programs to align with Boards for Bros and just exchange resources. I think that would be super helpful. Yeah, and just as Brian started off the conversation saying, you know, he didn't really have a linear plan. Mm -hmm. um, we have a somewhat linear plan, but just the opportunities that have come up just in the past few months are absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, we would just realize that this, the resources that skateboarding and the skate park have are resources that, uh, especially youth-centered nonprofits, are just desperate for. We have artists, mm -hmm. you know, videographer, creative people around here all the time. We have an amazing facility. Um, as I said, we, I've been bringing in an art program to give free art lessons to the kids that have been hanging out here all summer. Yeah. Um, we have, like, the opportunity for growth just here in Tampa in terms of serving the, the youth that are yeah. hanging out here mm -hmm. and enhancing their lives is really exciting and really mind-blowing because... Um, I can't say that we are going to be doing X, Y, and Z, I'll say Canadian, um, by the end of the year because, as I said, every week we're getting calls, oh, boards for bros, and they're taking us down an amazing path of ways to enhance the lives of young people by making skateboarding a part of their toolbox. Mm. So, Boys and Girls Club of Tampa Bay, like, they can use so many different community resources to enrich the lives of kids in these neighborhoods. They want to start using skateboarding, yeah. and they want to start learning about the skateboarding industry and everything we have to offer. So, it's just, it's terrifying and exciting and amazing all at once, and um, the opportunities just seem to be endless, and they just seem to be increasing exponentially as we start to work with the other nonprofits and other people that are of that brainstorming yeah. mindset of how we can enhance the lives of kids through skateboarding. So, it's just... Um, and then we can figure this stuff out and, and figure out a template where people can introduce the exact same programs we're kind of test piloting out here yeah. and other communities. Yeah. Like, because there are the skateboarding tribe, so to speak, has all kinds of different pockets across the country. And 
I, I really think that this is a test bed where we can really figure out how to utilize, as I said, nonprofit partnerships yeah. and just give them a template that they can use in New Jersey and mm -hmm. different communities across the country. So, And if you can't get involved with Boards for Bros, you know, just get involved with the charity that, that fits best for you. You know, I could yeah. say to everybody out there and... You know, it's uh, just get involved one way or another. Big brothers, big sisters, boards for bros, uh, lend a hand because, you know, a little bit of help can go a long way. And, you know, I think um, what, uh, you know, boardsforbros.org, you know, yeah. if you, know, mm -hmm. you want to get involved, you can always, you know, check the site there and, and Michelle will get back to you. Um, but, you know, you can make a difference even if it's one skateboard at a time and, and uh we're stoked to be here and continue to grow Boards for Bros. But awesome. even like the partnership we did with the Laundry Project yeah. several months ago. Awesome. Like that was so powerful. Yeah. And and it was such a neat um, relationship where families were coming and getting nurtured by getting their laundry taken care of. But the kids that got dragged along and had an experience that they never thought they were going to have when they were right. rolled out of bed that day. So having those kind of experiences and impacts on on youth uh, I just I, it excites me so much because you just know that the kids gonna remember that day yeah and to be a, a small part of that is um, so powerful yeah so yeah anybody volunteering if you just find something you're kind of stoked about I I love having an impact on kids lives and um, that's what boards for bros gives me and gives so many people that volunteer with us yeah Awesome. So two last questions for you guys. One, um, obviously, you, you started your own business. You, you've grown it all these years. It's taken you different places. You're a part of that. You've helped really build Boards for Bros. Um, what advice would you give to someone trying to start their own thing, whether it be business or... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's better to fail. I mean, it's better to try and fail than, than not try at all because you'll, you'll never know if you could have succeeded. So, um, you know, hard work, common sense, a little bit of money um, can go a long way. Um, the World Wide Web can provide you with all free info on, mm -hmm. you know, what mm -hmm. to learn, you know, or what to study and what's worked and, and what hasn't. I think the world is fill, filled with... Uh, free resources I think connecting with somebody that may have done their own business before just to ask the pros and cons and just get connected you can't do it on your own and there's tons of people willing and able to lend a hand advice um, you know finances you know and uh, some input that could you know make a, make a big change so um, you know, you don't want to work for somebody the rest of your life. I mean, if you don't have to, sometimes it works for a lot of people. Um, being self-employed has been the greatest thing for me. Um, you know, but it's a it's it's nonstop as well. You take your work home with you, and yeah. sometimes you know, like you know, you I almost wish I could just clock in and out of work. But it's you know, but most of all is ask questions, follow your passion. If you want to be a pro skateboarder but you can't, you might be able to be the team manager, you might be able to be the filmer, you might be able to be, you know, the physical therapist, you know, um, you might be able to be any um, position within, you know, a pro skateboarder without having to be the pro skateboarder, whether it be a company owner, 
you know, um, the, the artist, the team manager, like I just said. So no matter what you're pursuing, remember, if you can't be the pro athlete, there's so many different elements that helps the pro athlete along, and there's such a business to everything. So if you can't hit your goal with what you want to be, like using that athlete kind of platform, mm-hmm. you could always be, you know, something that assists being a part of, of, of that one, you know, hobby or business idea that you want to be involved with. Yeah. Awesome. Michelle, anything from you? Um, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to have to change course. Uh, doors close, windows open. Um, I, as I get older, I realize the importance of just keeping moving mm-hmm. forward and, and being open <clears throat> to possibilities um when I was younger I was much more linear thought I had to do things a certain way and reach that certain goal at a certain point as I get older I I don't think that way I I just try to consistently move forward not be afraid or ashamed if I mess up and just objectively always just looking for that path and that opportunity but ultimately just following your passion I think that's really hard I think a lot of kids going through public schools and stuff right now aren't ever just given the chance to really find out what what floats their boat and really you know get some stoked at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, and realizing that that passion might change as you get older as well. So I don't know, just kind of moving forward, always looking, as I said, for that open window, trying to figure out what makes you happy and passionate and surrounding yourself with people that you love yeah that brings up a good point to to the last question that i that i always ask to you guys being do you feel like because you you run into people all the time here it's but you have a cross-section of the community really that come through your doors do you feel like every person has that ability to pursue their passion and to as I always say boldly go and Accomplish something. It may not be like you said, the very end result, the biggest goal they have. But do you feel like everyone has that ability to to go down that path? I think it's something you have to deliberately practice, though. Like, mm. um, I think a lot of ways, you know, children are raised and stuff. They're not really given the opportunity to really be comfortable with themselves and really figure out mm. their passion or be allowed to say, you know what, maybe university or college isn't my path. And 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 choosing another road there's a lot of social pressures to pick a passion that everybody approves of you know Mm -hmm. that's one Mm -hmm. thing I've become very aware of and it's it's hard and you have to be brave to really 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 be with yourself and figure out at the end of the day what makes you happy and not necessarily what the people around you think makes you happy Mm -hmm. and be be ready to realize that also what makes you happy changes as you go through your journey so it's not really a pat answer but I think so everybody has it in them but not everybody is necessarily given the opportunity to really explore their passion especially if you're worried about just putting food on the table and getting to work and yeah um, I think it's a deliberate practice that you really have to you you have to be in tune to and and be willing to take those risks to follow what you think you might want to do that's good yeah Anything, Anything for me? I mean, I think, you know, to sum it up, I think not everybody's cut out to be self-employed. Not everybody's has the work capability in them. 
And but for those that do, you can make it work. You just gotta have the desire and you know, a goal, you know, or just a vision of what you want. And um, you know, if everybody had it in them, nobody'd be working for anybody. So yeah, that's uh, true. that's impossible. But I think to do it you have to have the desire. Everybody can do it, but not everybody wants to do it. And, um, you know, there's no wrong path, whether you're working for yourself or working for others. But whatever you're doing, give it 110%. Awesome. Uh, so to kind of wrap it up, uh, anything you want to promote? Obviously, Spot, Skate Park of Tampa, SpotTampa.com. Yes, yeah, well, it's SkateParkofTampa.com. We've shortened it now to SpotTampa.com, but it'll get you to the same place. Um, our socials at SpotTampa. And, um, you know, we've been doing this 23 years, and, you know, I just want to say thanks to everybody that's ever been through the doors over the years because every dollar goes to supporting uh, not only the skate park of Tampa, but keeping skateboarding alive in a community that, you know, it's needed and it really put Tampa on the map and it really helps Boards for Bros, you know, and everything that we do, you know, especially the community and, and uh, having a safe place to skate. So I just wanted to say thanks to everybody, you know, that's been on board and, and contributed. Awesome. And Boards for Bros is... Boardsforbros.org. Everything's on there. We're also all over the Spot Tampa website. Okay. Um, any information anybody wants, they can get in touch with me at info at boardsforbros.org. I'm happy to talk about what we do any day of the week. I'm happy to give tours of the place. I'm Spot's biggest fan. and um, <laughs> We're your biggest fan. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, just awesome. stay tuned. We're, we're out there. Engage, yeah. engage the youth. Educate the youth. You know, um, lend a hand to the kids. They're yeah. our future. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you guys are doing you guys are doing awesome stuff. That's why I want to have you on the podcast because I love. Uh, yeah. I think, like I said earlier, skateboarding obviously gets a bad rap a lot of times, but there's guys like you and a lot of other guys in the industry and women in the industry that are bringing doing positive things with it, bringing positive positivity to that industry through that industry to the world. So thanks thanks for doing what you guys do. Thanks, and then, thanks tons, Jason. Yeah, and then uh, last question is always for the listener. You've heard a story. You've heard uh, what they're doing. My question to you is always, what can you do this week? What one thing can you do to start doing that thing you love, following your passion, accomplishing your dream, whatever it is? You don't have to accomplish it all the way at the beginning. What's the one thing you can do this week, this month, to start down that road and, uh, and boldly going? So, awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Thank you. Jason. Everybody's dead! <laughs>